You are Locked On Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Our live Periscope show, we got people from Ecuador on the Periscope right now live if you're not listening to us live if you're listening to us in the feed later on what's up to you but come hang with us on the live feed it's a great time everyone's got their their cocktails or their mocktails or whatever you got uh we're gonna come and, and hang out and talk some packer football uh, packers lions on sunday and it is a game that i think is made easier by what we're seeing on the injury report so let's start there the Packers had a pretty clean injury report coming out on Friday. Jay Sternberger is is probably the biggest name who's going to be out. Malik Taylor is questionable. And Darnell Savage popped up on the injury report as well with a groin. Hadn't had a designation all week, so something to keep an eye on, something that I want to talk about in just a second. The bigger deal for the Lions, you have Kenny Galladay out, Jeff Okuda out. Kenny Galladay is the biggest impact player that the Lions could possibly have. He's out. He can take over a game. We've seen him do it. We we saw him basically um, uh, just son Josh Jackson a couple years ago when Jackson was a rookie. So not having those guys is a big deal for the Detroit Lions and their ability to try and spring a comeback here. I mean, the Packers are over a touchdown favorite. Um, I, I believe the line has actually come down a little bit since it opened, which it doesn't make sense to me, frankly. But um, you know, I guess that's just where the money is coming in. I, again, I can't say I understand it, uh, but that's what's happening. So the, the the way that you can put together, the way you can put together a, a plan for the Lions to spring an upset is they're going to have to create big plays down the field. And if you lose Kenny Galladay, who's one of the best players in football at doing that, it makes it much harder for you to get those plays downfield. Now, this is also good news for the Darnell Savage part of this because the Packers put Raven Green on IR. He was doing a lot of safety hybrid linebacker stuff. And I think they're going to have to play Kamel Martin a little bit more. Pete Doherty wrote about this uh, for Packer News just today. In fact, you don't have Savage. Now, suddenly, you're really scrambling at the safety position because they have Vernon Scott and they have Will Redman. Neither of them is really the kind of guy you want to put in that Raven Green role, but neither of them is really the kind of guy, excuse me, that you want to put in the Savage role either, especially the kind of role Savage has been playing the last month, month and a half, where he's playing that lurk, middle of the field, defender, rover, uh, and, and playmaker position. Those guys just don't have those skills. They don't have the the option of locking up TJ Hawkinson. You're not going to go and say, Will Redmond, you've got TJ Hawkinson in man coverage. 
The Packers were able to do that with Darnell Savage on Zach Ertz, on Dallas Goddard. They don't have that option if he can't play. So the hope is it's a groin. You know, you tweak it a couple days rest and you're feeling good and you can go out there and play on Sunday. If not, it is to the Packers benefit that Galladay is not in the game because you need Savage. You need the speed down the field. If you want to consistently stop the Lions from creating these big plays, if you want to stop them from making TJ Hawkinson, you know, the reason that you you can't stop the Lions, right? And so if you don't have Galladay, it helps in the case for the Packers if Savage can't go. Now, I don't know how concerned we need to be about this Savage injury. We just don't know enough about it. Matt LaFleur spoke before the injury report came out. So we don't really know the severity of that injury. You hate to see something like that. Um, called on you know the the late injury report that comes out on a Friday afternoon because you go oof oof now maybe he just woke up a little tight a little sore and said hey coach you know can we rest this a couple days and maybe it's nothing maybe that's just going to be all fine and, and you can go I don't know I don't know and, and I think that's the problem for the Packers is. You're, you're, the best way for the Lions to try and make this a game is to sling it all over the yard. Well, if you don't have a defensive back who's coming in and has really made an impact on your defense and who can play these these man cover fronts against tight ends or even cover in the slot, that makes it much harder for you to stop the way that the Lions are going to try and attack you. Now, what I do think the Packers can do is you play Kamel Martin a little bit more. Okay, now that mitigates the problems of not having Raven Green. And I think you do have to say in a week like this, let's say Savage can't play and you're going to have to play Martin more. You need to avoid at all costs having guys like Martin or Kirksey running with Hawkinson. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you play a little less zone coverage. Well, we saw last week the Packers are comfortable playing in some of these man coverage fronts. Cover one especially. Well, Adrian Amos was the deep safety in a lot of those cover one fronts. Well, that's made easier when you have Darnell Savage to cover tight ends. Do you want to do that if you have to put Will Redman out there? You don't want Redman one-on-one with a tight end, especially a tight end that can move like Hawk. Okay, but could you flip it? Could you play Redman deep where he's really just sort of a last line of defense player? We know he can tackle. And you have Amos in man coverage more often against someone like Hawkinson. Kirksey has been good in coverage, better in coverage, I think, than in run fits this year. I think you'd have some concerns with Martin in man coverage on tight ends. But uh, the the Mike Patton approach has been pretty good at avoiding those kind of linebacker matchups. And, uh, you know, it does it does raise an interesting question about about Josh Jackson. So if Josh Jackson and this is something that someone on the Periscope just brought up. Wouldn't wouldn't it behoove the Packers if Jackson's not going to play corner because King is healthy, Jair is healthy, and Shannon Sullivan are, are all healthy right now. And Matt LaFleur said this week, we talked about it on the show earlier in the week, that they feel comfortable playing man coverage with those guys. This is definitely a man coverage week. Definitely a man coverage week, especially with Galladay out. You put Jair on Marvin Jones and you say, hey, Quintez Cephas, if you are going to beat us here, I mean, God love you because he's probably not. Now, in, in a scenario like that, you'd love to have Darnell Savage to cover Hawkinson. But why not play Josh Jackson 
in that role. We saw, this is not new ground either. We saw Josh Jackson in a dime defensive back role back in 2018 to open the season. Mike Patton put him on Trey Burton and put him on Tariq Cohen and said, we are going to treat those guys like receivers and we're going to put a cornerback on them all day. And if you want to run the ball, run the ball, right? That's Mike Patton's plan. Not a bad plan against the Lions. Rather than playing Vernon Scott, rather than playing Will Redman, play that big nickel and bring in someone like Jackson. Now, Jackson, they wanted to play mostly corner this year. Well, if the point is that you're going to be doing a lot of coverage, maybe you feel like you can justify that for a week. And and maybe it's as simple as they just don't really want to upset the apple cart and try and do too many kinds of things uh, against the Lions team that they should they should score 40 on anyway. I, I think I can see both sides of it. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's a week for more Oren Burks, as someone in the Periscope points out. Uh, we haven't seen enough from him uh, to suggest that that he is a useful player down in and down out. So, you know, he's been playing outside linebacker for reasons that are unclear to me, but are seemingly clear to Mike Patton. I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't know that that, that is a, a tenable solution for the Packers in this game. It could be as simple as you're just going to roll with the guys that are on the roster. You you put in, um, you know, Will Redman and and you just sort of figure it out. I mean, it might be that simple. I it is it is something that the Packers, if Darnell Savage can play, if Darnell Savage can play, you have no problems. If Darnell Savage can play, you can do everything to the Lions that you did to the Eagles last week, including rush Matthew Stafford and lock these guys up one on one on the outside because they just don't have the receivers to beat you. They don't. They don't have the horses. So if you, if they're going to beat you, it has to be uh, on on these ten play drives, like Mike Patton says, twelve play drives, and you are going to dare them to get open against your guys because you don't think they can do that. Because frankly, they haven't demonstrated all season that they can. And and Daryl Bevel has just not been good enough at scheming those guys open to create an offense that would be good enough. And remember, before the year, the Lions were kind of a sexy pick. They were kind of a trendy pick to, you know, maybe not win the North, but, you know, make the playoffs and, and you know, be dangerous because offense matters so much. Well, they haven't been a good offense. They haven't been a good offense. And Matthew Stafford has not been good enough, despite what Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur today calling him an elite quarterback. I don't know that I agree, but they have um, enough weapons that you would think they would be better. And they just haven't been this season. We got um, uh, a comment on the Periscope about special teams. The Packers should just kick it out of bounds. And look, I uh, I understand <laughs> it is something that Matt LaFleur has talked about. You don't want to kick it deep down the chute. If you're going to kick it down the middle, it's got to be one of those, like they're punting from their own 40 and they're catching the ball inside the 10 or something like that, where it's either going into the end zone or they're catching it and trying to make a play inside their own 10. You can't from your own 25 or 30 punt the ball down the middle. Just can't do it against anyone. You know, not just Jalen Rager, not just the Jacksonville Jaguars, but especially those teams. This is how you get beat against an inferior team is you do stupid stuff like you have special teams mistakes Four return touchdowns this year allowed in the entire NFL. The Packers have two of them. And if you go back and watch 
Kadar Holman gets way out of his lane and his responsibility. Way outside of it. I mean, he's coming down what should be the left sideline, and all of a sudden, he's across the far hash in the middle of the field. You can't give up your gap and your lane responsibilities to get a free release down the field. You just can't do it. And if you once you get free, you have to get back to your side or you're putting your teammates in a bad position. Now, it's, it's not like you need to go out and sign Jeff Janis to go be your gunner. Although he was a very good gunner. <laughs> and you just need your guys to play with some level of understanding, with some level of discipline. If you don't give up special teams nonsense and you don't give up big plays in, in the passing game to Matthew Stafford, the Lions will not win, cannot win because their defense, their defense can't stop the Packers from scoring enough to win this game. So you have to, you have to get that ironed out. And, and I don't know if it means Matt LaFleur spending more time in that room or, or what it is, but this is, this has been an issue. I mean, for how many years has the Packers special teams been a problem? And, and it's funny because in 2010, when the Packers won the Super Bowl, their special teams was a problem. Remember the, at the end of the first half against Atlanta in the regular season game, they, they give up a, a long kick return and, and it's really the reason that they lost. It's not great. So they have to get that part ironed out. Luckily, they have one of the best kickers in the sport, one of the best clutch kickers in the sport. And, you know, that's really the most important part of special teams is the kicking game. They haven't given up anything on kick returns because no one's giving up anything on kick returns. So that's the good part there. The best way to, to not have this come back to bite you is just don't punt. And given the way the Lions defense is playing, given the guys that are available for them, it doesn't seem implausible to me. In fact, it seems entirely plausible to me that the Packers may only punt one time, max two times late in the game when they're up, you know, multiple scores. That's the kind of thing that that you need from this offense. So, you know, that's that's where uh, you need to get to. And, and that's where you can get to against a team like the Lions. One of the other questions in the Periscope was about Tavon Austin. And are we going to see Tavon Austin? Uh, we're going to have to because Tyler Irvin's on IR. And you, you are able to use the jet motion in with other guys, but it's not the same threat. If the Packers hand it to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, it's not the same threat as Tyler Irvin, and certainly not the same threat as Tavon Austin, who in what little we were able to see of him over the course of the week, the guy can still move. He is still such a natural mover, and he can, he can scoot, right? So... You, you get him on the field, and because he's a new player, now you have an even bigger excuse to use him in ways that is going to – defenses are going to key on him. You get him on the field, defenses are going to go, watch 16. He had 16, right? It doesn't matter. They're going to key on him being out there, and the Packers can use that to their advantage because then you can use him as a decoy which is really what Tyler Irvin has been for this offense. Holding linebackers, stressing eye discipline, especially against the team that plays enough as much man coverage as the Lions do is so critical. And, and I think you're going to see Devontae Adams in the slot. You're going to see him, him come in motion as well. I think the return game is just as big a part of why Tavon Austin can be useful on this team as anything. Because Malik Taylor is a nice story and it seems like a rosterable NFL player, um, certainly better than Darius Shepard. 
Tavon Austin is a better returner than anyone on this team and really anyone that has been on this team probably since Micah Hyde. And and Hyde was a much better punt returner than kick returner. Kick returning. Remember Jordy Nelson as a kick returner? They benched him because he couldn't stop giving the ball up. <laughs> so this return game has really been a problem in the same way that some of the special teams coverages have been. I mean, the, the Packers were on pace to have negative punt return yards last year. Um, and they got Tyler Irvin and all of a sudden he lit a spark on this team. So you, you bring in Tavon Austin and, and frankly, he's better than those guys. Now he does have to hold on to the ball, has some fumbling problems in his career, but his explosiveness is real. His explosiveness in, in the return game, in the, the jet sweep game, in, you know, whatever that, that they're going to use him for offensively. That can have a positive impact on this team. And look, all due respect to Tyler Irvin and, and the role that he's carved out, and I know they really like him and what he can bring. If Tavon Austin is healthy, if Tavon Austin is healthy, he is more explosive, more dynamic, and I think has a bigger potential impact on this team than someone like Tyler Irvin. Now, do I think that he's going to usurp that position? No. We need to see him on the field first, but it wouldn't surprise me, especially against a team like Detroit. They don't have great team speed to see Austin get off and have a big game. I I am so happy someone on Periscope mentioned Alan Rossum. How about Roel Preston? Who Who is old enough to remember Roel Preston? Obviously Desmond Howard. Everyone knows Desmond Howard, but I love the deep cut kick returners for the Packers. Roel Preston was a good one, but Alan Rossum, I think, was my favorite. That guy electric every time he touched the ball you were like he could take it he really could take it and the Packers you know just just on their whole team haven't had a guy like that since like prime Randall Cobb and maybe not even Cobb because he was never you know he was never going to take a five-yard pass for 80 on a consistent basis he did it against the Bears in the game winner um Randall Cobb again oh Will Blackman good point no one tell Will that I did not think of him um he was a, a great special teams player punt returner uh and is a great follow on twitter if you are not if you're not doing that uh this is a question i've seen a couple of times who will have a bigger game aaron jones or Devonte adams can it can it be both uh i think the answer is yes the the defense for the lions is just bad it's really bad now i think the packers are better set up to beat the Lions in the passing game just because the passing game has been so incredible. Um, and, and Devontae Adams against man coverage, even against a good cover corner like Darius Slay, it was barbecue chicken last week. So now you're going to put, you know, backups out there. I mean, Okuda can't go. And and Devontae absolutely baptized the rookie in the first meeting. Desmond Trufant is banged up. It's it's Amari Oruarie who's going to have to cover him. And beyond that, I mean, I'm looking at the depth chart here. After that, it's guys like Daryl Roberts, Mike Ford. I mean, I know Justin Coleman, uh, but it, it's not great. It's not great. And then that's before you take into account Alan Lazard, who we know has had big games against Detroit. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a hit or miss player, but still dynamic down the field. I think the reason you say Devontae Adams is because just his target share, I mean, we think about this from a fantasy perspective. He was far and away the most targeted player last week, had far and away the most catches. And 
he, I think, is going to be the guy more likely to have, you know, that 15 target kind of game. And if he does, if he had 15 targets, he's probably going to have 12 catches for a buck 60 and two touchdowns. Like, that's just the level of defense Detroit plays. Aaron Jones, you know, he could just not be in the game in the third quarter. It could be Jamal Williams. There's always that risk that Jamal Williams, and it's not a risk, but the the run defense is bad for Detroit. But Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon. See, there's, there's more guys who could get eight, ten touches. And if the Packers, let's say the Packers are up 20 in the second half, not saying that's going to happen, but let's say that that is a thing. It might be Jamal Williams and not Aaron Jones getting those touches, precisely because you're trying to save the the wear and tear on Aaron Jones's legs. All right, can Kiki continue his performance or replicate it? What's really interesting is uh, in in his meeting with the the Packer press, Daryl Bevel singled out Kingsley Kiki as someone who he was impressed by, someone they were going to have to game plan for. This is something that I don't think is being talked about enough because I still see a lot of Packer fans. I still get into my mentions on Twitter. The Packers need to do this. They need to draft this player. They need to address this position. And I see a lot of defensive linemen. And I understand it because the run defense isn't very good. And so you say, okay, the defensive line is is a problem and you got to get better players in there. Kingsley Kiki is becoming an impact defensive player. Now, down to down, is he perfect? No. He whipped Jason Peters twice for sacks and was getting consistent push and pressure. He has been someone who has flashed over the course of the season. He has been getting pressure. He is disruptive. He can play on the end of the line of scrimmage in their base 3-4 defense. He can play on the interior. He can rush as, as a one-tack, a zero-tack, a three-tack. I mean, every, any place you want to put him on the inside, he can be disruptive. He's really playing good football. And he can be a disruptive guy any week. It's not just the Eagles. Because the Eagles have one of the best centers in the league. And you match, you know, you match Kiki up on a guard or you give... You know, Kenny Clark, the chance to just eat up blockers. It's it's not a coincidence to me that Kenny Clark had a quiet game on Sunday, which I don't fault him for. There was a lot of attention being pay, paid to num- number 97 and that Kingsley Kiki and, and Dean Lowry had career games. Those are not coincidences. OK, and so if teams are going to pay attention to Kenny Clark that way. And you're going to get single blocks on Kingsley Kiki. You're going to get single blocks on Dean Lowry. You're going to get single blocks for for Preston Smith, for Zadaria Smith, for Rashawn Gary. You're going to be able to generate pressure. You're going to be able to generate pressure because those guys are going to win one-on-ones enough for you to be in the lap of the quarterback. Now, Matthew Stafford has the best passer rating of any quarterback in the league when pressured this season. He gets the ball out quick. And he's not he's not afraid to stand in there and take a shot and make a throw down the field. So the the pass rush is going to be a, a crucial element this week, as it is every week. But of course, when you don't have receiver talent, and the and this Detroit team right now, especially with with Galladay out, does not have receiver talent, you have to get the pass rush because if you let Matthew Stafford sit back there, even in your in, even when you're in man coverage, you you just can't. Give him time. He's too good. 
He's too, he will find open guys or he'll extend and you're asking your cornerbacks to cover for too long. So you have to get this pass rush. And I think Kingsley Kiki week in and week out. I mean, you're starting to see it. You can rely on him to do the thing. And and I think that is something that, again, I don't think has, has gotten enough play with, with the fan base. But it's pretty clear. Daryl Bevel took notice. Opponents are taking notice. You can bet Doug Peterson in film study after the Eagles game pointed to number 96 in green a bunch. And I think that that is, is something that we need to start taking notice and acknowledging. A, a, a question about Rashawn Gary and, and whether or not he starts. And I love it when, when the comment section works itself out. It really doesn't matter who's starting. Preston Smith got more snaps last week than Gary, although it was basically 50-50 two weeks ago in the in the Gary's first start. My guess is they'll keep going because the defense is playing really well. And, and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you saw this, but there was um, mic'd up with Devontae Adams for the Eagles game. And Aaron Rodgers said before the game, you got to play four quarters of physical ball. We set the tone last week. We set the standard last week, meaning against the Bears. This is now the standard for this team. They got after Mitch Trubisky. They got after Jalen Hurts. They played physical on the ground. They played physical after the catch. Hard running. Devontae Adams stiff-arming Darius Slay into the ground. This is, this is what this team wants to be. And, and they've really found the identity over the last few weeks. So if Rashawn Gary being out there and being a starter and you're saving some legs for Preston Smith... And and you're giving Rashawn Gary, who has earned these reps. I mean, this is not this is not just symbolic stuff. He's earned these reps this season. Then I think you're starting to say, okay, this is who we are, and this is a, a codification of the work that that we've put in and and what we want to be. And so you stick with it. And I, I think everyone's going to understand. Look, this is this is working. This is working because those guys want to win. I mean, Preston Smith was in Washington to start his whole career before this. He he knows what it's like to lose games. He doesn't want to do that. You know what he wants to do? He wants to win a Super Bowl. And so he's going to be a good pro. He's going to do everything he can to try and help this team win. And, and I, I give credit to Preston Smith because he was pushed. He was criticized. He took that criticism. And he went to Mike Patton and said, this is what I need to help this team win. And, and again, credit to Mike Patton. He gave it to Preston Smith, to Zadaria Smith, to Kenny Clark. And they had open communication. And they talked about what needs to happen. And instead of turtling, instead of going into his shell, Preston Smith has come out and played his best football of the season. This is in in stark contrast to what we saw on the field last week. I mean, some of the, the excuses being made for Carson Wentz about, oh, they drafted Jalen Hurts and they undercut his confidence, blah, blah, blah. Well, plenty of other, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we talked about this with Tyler Dunn. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love in the first round. He's been an MVP this year, Aaron Rodgers has. Preston, over the last few weeks, has had the other uh, the, the other guys take a little bit more of a, of a center stage, but he is still producing. He is, he is not still finally producing in terms of 2020. He let it elevate his play rather than moping, Eeyore, oh, bother. It's not that. It's, all right, this is what's being asked of me. This is my role now. I'm going to maximize my role. And by the way, Rashawn Gary is playing really good football. So 
he's watching the tape too, 91 is. He's seeing what Rashawn Gary is doing. And so he can't go, well, why am I not why am I not playing over that guy? No, Gary is making an impact on the field. And and when when you're a player, you're mad at the coaches. I mean, anytime you you want to be in there, right? You always want to be in there if you're a player. But if you're not in there and the guy who is in there is producing, it's much harder to be mad at the coaches. It's different. You know, if you're Devontae Adams in 2014 and they've got Jeff Janis going out there over you, you're going, what are we doing? This guy sucks. Why is he out there? Doesn't know where to be. Can't catch. What's the deal? Can't track a deep ball. What's the deal? That's not what's going on. That's not what's going on. Rashawn Gary has been a legit dude this year. And so Preston Smith has said, okay, good. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can while I'm out there and it is, it's going to be enough. And, and that's, that's where you have to get to. I'm going to take the Packers in this one, 36 to 27 The Packers win the Packers cover. It's a game that the final score is not indicative of how close the game is. I don't, I think this is a game. The Packers do a similar thing to the Eagles. They go up 14, three, you know, 17, seven, something like that. And, and it's sort of just a, you know, score enough points, get out of there and and get this win. I do think they're going to come out with more urgency than they did in the week 17 game last year. Uh that was that was a little troubling. Uh and that, you know, I think is going to be on the minds of these guys. So I, I think the, I think the Lions are going to be able to score. I think they're going to they're going to do a lot of different things to try and get creative. I think we may see a fake punt in this game. I, you know, the, last year regular season games they're throwing flea flickers at the Packers. This is going to be a kitchen sink game, and every game really through the end of the year is going to be a kitchen sink game. People are going to want to throw everything they have to try and beat the Packers. It's not going to be enough, and the Packers are going to get a win, and they're going to be ten and three. And, and they're going to be in the driver's seat here in the NFC North. Depending on what happens, could lock up the division. So uh, we will uh, have a lot to talk about starting again next week on Monday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.